are even small moments of utter happiness, of uh, small islands of happiness, are they possible in a context of uh, deep and pervasive trouble all around us? That's the question we want to ask today. We want to dive right into that on Poetry, Passion, and Pleasure podcast. But before we do anything, let's just dive right into just such a story of utter happiness by the poet Raymond Carver. It's a brief poem. It's called Happiness. And it goes like this. So early, so early, it's almost dark out. So early, it's almost dark out. I'm near the window with coffee and the usual early morning stuff that passes for thought. So we get this, we get this notion, right? It's just an average morning looking out the window, you know, nothing special, just the opposite of something special, just an average day, right? Not worth paying that much attention to, it might seem. The poem and the poet goes on. When I see the boy and his friend walking up the road to deliver the newspaper. So to go back uh, and get the whole scene again. So early, it's still almost dark out. I'm near the window with coffee and the usual early morning stuff that passes for thought. When I see the boy and his friend walking up the road to deliver the newspaper. They wear caps and sweaters. They wear caps and sweaters. And one boy has a bag over his shoulder. They are so happy. They are so happy. They aren't saying anything, these boys. I think they could. I think if they could, I think if they could, they would take each other's arm it's early in the morning, and they are doing this thing together. They come on slowly. The sky is taking on light, though the moon still hangs pale over the water. Such beauty, such beauty, that for a minute, death and ambition, even love, such beauty that for a minute, death and ambition, even love, doesn't enter into this. Happiness, it comes on unexpectedly and goes beyond, really, and goes beyond, really, any early morning talk about it. Happiness, it comes on unexpectedly. It comes on unexpectedly and goes beyond, really, any early morning talk about it. Well, we've dived right into the deep end of the pool, haven't we? You see, one of the things that occurs to me is that, um, as we talked about a few weeks ago on our episode about gratitude, that the moment we take something for granted, we are exiled, as we said. The moment that just average, it's just an average day, nothing special, you know, kind of half asleep, half awake. But the poet, the protagonist in this poem, in this story, poem is just a story without the boring parts. The protagonist 
sees something, notices something, the level of the protagonist attention rises when, in this case, the protagonist says, uh, they are so happy talking about these two boys delivering the newspaper. They aren't saying anything, these boys. I think if they could, they would take each other's arm. It's early in the morning and they are doing this thing together. They come on slowly. The sky is taking on light. Though the moon still hangs pale over the water, such beauty that for a minute, death and ambition, death and ambition, even love, doesn't enter into this happiness. Happiness, it comes on unexpectedly and goes beyond, really, really, any early morning talk about it. In this story, we get all the elements of, I think, what happens, how an utter moment of happiness comes on, how it catches us uh, uh, by surprise, Brother David, I mentioned several weeks ago, says, my religion is surprise, because when we are surprised, and a good poem does this, <gasps> when we are surprised, we are connected to ourselves. We are connected to the world. We see the world in all its amazingness. You know, I've thought to myself, uh, as I was preparing for today, uh, that poets have been deeply focused on these moments of what we're calling utter human happiness for a long time. And I think that we need this, these moments, these little islands of happiness, these little islands of sanity, you could call them, and the way they affect us and the way they affect those around us, our loved ones, our friends. Because we can't help but affect them when we're around them and having these moments. Or perhaps the entire day, the poet's talking about, um, after that feeling of happiness just coming and grabbing him, in this case, that, that who knows who gets the positive vibration from that all day long. I said the paradoxical truth, and believe, I've noticed that the paradoxical truth about happiness is the more we try to grab it, the faster it recedes. The more we try to bring it to ourselves, the less we have it. And it is paradoxical. And um, it seems to have three stages. There's the, the stage of attention. What is the quality of our attention? And... Um, if, if we really have a heightened level of awareness and a high quality in our attention, then we're on our way toward these utter moments of happiness. The second is having gratitude. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. This moment of gratitude for even the most, quote-unquote, mundane, average thing, that now in this moment of gratitude, in this moment of heightened intention, has become magnificent. And the third thing is a kind of letting go or letting it all be, where we don't try to grasp the happiness because if we do that, it's gone. Uh, and we, we just kind of let it go. I say happiness seems to have something to do 
with our level of attention, as I've just said, uh, with our capacity for feeling gratitude for those small, magnificent miracles, we can call them, and finally, for a kind of uh, letting it be, as the Beatles told us many years ago. And um, I want to keep going uh, with more, um, this is uh, uh, more evidence. <laughs> um, uh, Willa Cather, uh, who is an amazing author, uh, I think she also wrote poetry, but this is a poetic quote that I want to bring us because I think it's right in this territory of um, it's, it's, it's not only the idea that happiness comes if we pickle ourselves in just the right way, if, we, if our attention is of a certain quality, if we are practicing gratitude for even the smallest thing, which then turns into a miracle, and then if we can just let it be, just let ourselves, uh, uh, instead of as the, as the poet talked about in the first poem, he says, uh, and it goes beyond really any early morning talk about it. Because have you noticed that as soon as we abstract this sense of happiness, turn it into a set of ideas, it's gone. It's gone. It just evaporates. But if we can stay and let it be, amazing, you know, heightened awareness, gratitude, and that sense of just letting it be, now we're in the moment of utter happiness. Okay, here's the quote um, by Cather. The earth was warm under me. The earth was warm under me and warm as I crumbled it through my fingers. Queer little red bugs came out and moved in slow squadrons around me. Their backs were polished vermilion with black spots. I kept as still as I could Nothing happened. I did not expect anything to happen. See, that's that moment of just letting it be. She goes on. I was something that lay under the sun and felt it like pumpkins. Felt it like pumpkins. And I did not want to be anything more. I was entirely happy. Perhaps we feel like that when we die and become a part of something entire. Beautifully said, become part of something entire, whether it is sun and air or goodness and knowledge. At any rate, that is happiness. At any rate, that is happiness to be dissolved into something complete and great. When it comes to one, it comes as naturally as sleep. See, we're saying we're, 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 we're circling around the same territory. That is happiness. It's to be dissolved into something complete and great. We don't do it. We don't try to do it. It's not like, you know, thousands of people, the saddest um, um, sight in the world is to see thousands of people on a beautiful beach trying to be happy. <laughs> and she says... When it comes to one, it comes as naturally as sleep, which means it comes just as sleep. And you know that when you're tired and you just, ah, let it go, sleep quickly comes, quickly comes. 
But if we try to sleep, if we get anxious about not being able to sleep, this is what I used to do when I was a kid, stay up and then just get anxious because I wasn't asleep and wasn't going to get enough sleep. Didn't help. It hurt, actually. Uh, now, uh, Wyla Cather uh, actually had part of that quote that I just gave you as a as an inscription as a, an inscription uh, on her at her gravesite. Uh, the part that says that is happiness to be dissolved into something complete and great. Okay, let's keep cooking. Now, I know this podcast today is going to be a little bit longer than some of the ones that we've had for the last while, but this is such an important subject of pickling ourselves for moments of utter happiness. Important for ourselves, yes, for our own joy, of course, but for those around you, this is the most, this is one of the most generous things we can do for those we love, for our friends, for our colleagues. Because when we have moments of utter happiness and are able to cultivate this attention, this gratitude, this letting be, then we are putting that into the universe. And we are going to be a heck of a lot more fun to hang out with. <laughs> Even, even if the context is one of serious difficulties that we're working on things politically, socially, ecologically, still need our utter moments of utter happiness. Okay. Sarah Teasdale was a poet, born in 1884, lived to 1933. She wrote a little teeny little poem called Joy. I thought it fit. You be the judge of this. I thought it fit in today's episode. She goes like this. I am wild. <laughs> Uh, there's another great poem that starts out by a, a, a Russian poet, woman poet. She says, I know the truth. Forget all other truths. <laughs> this is that kind of title. This, is, I mean, that, that kind of first line. I love it. I am wild, says Sarah Teasdale. I will sing to the trees. I will sing to the stars in the sky. I love. I am loved. He is mine. Now at last I can die. I am sandaled with wind and with flame. I have heart fire and singing to give. What a line. I have heart fire and singing to give. I can tread on the grass or the stars. Now at last, I can live. Now at last, I can live. So tomorrow morning when you get up, try this. First thing say is, I have heart fire and singing to live. <laughs> See what happens. Um, um, you know, see what happens to the world. So um, uh, I have one last quote uh, in our series and in this conversation about small stories of utter happiness and what is required, the pickling that we need. What kind of juice can we put ourselves in to help us um, reach these states of uh, utter happiness? Because we can't try it. We can't will it. We can't try to be happy. It's not an intellectual thing. We can't think ourselves into being happy. That won't work. That will not work. We have to step into a world that supports us, noticing with incredible attention, being grateful of even the tiniest miracle, and they're all around us. And then 
letting it be, just letting ourselves over to it. Mary Oliver, let's, let's end with uh, a very poetic quote. She said it like this. She said, time seems, excuse me, time seemed to vanish. Urgency vanished. Any important difference between myself and all other things vanished. I knew that I belonged to the world and felt comfortably my own containment in the totality. So much in these words. You know, the boundaries that, that normally separate us from me and you and me and the world just melted away as Mary Oliver is saying. I knew that I belonged to the world and felt comfortably my own containment in the totality. I did not feel that I understood any mystery. It's not intellectual. It's not intellectual. She said, I didn't feel like I understood any mystery, not at all. Rather, that I could be happy and feel blessed within the perplexity, within the perplexity. The summer morning, its gentleness, the sense of the great work being done through the grass where I stood, scarcely trembled. As I say, it was the most casual of moments, as I say, it was the most casual of moments, not mystical as the word is usually meant, for there was no vision or anything extraordinary at all, but only a sudden awareness of the citizenry of all things within one world, leaves, dust, thrushes, and finches, men and women, and yet it was a moment, and yet it was a moment I have never forgotten, and upon which I have based many decisions in the years since. That's the great poet, Mary Oliver, that we just lost about four or five years ago, at least to this plane. But we have her words, like stars in the sky, she left so many for us. And she says, um, and yet it was a moment. It wasn't extraordinary. It wasn't anything extraordinary at all, but only a sudden awareness. See, there's that, there's that word again, awareness. Awareness, tension. This sudden awareness. And then this gratitude for the miracle that's whatever we're perceiving. She talked about some just, you know, dust, leaves thrushes, benches, attention, gratitude, and then letting it be. And she says, and yet it was a moment I have never forgotten upon which I have based many decisions in the years since, letting herself over to those moments of utter happiness. It is possible. It is necessary. Even in the most difficult times, ecologically, socially, politically, even in the most difficult context and times, it is possible 
and so vital for us to have at least little moments, little islands every day of utter happiness. Thank you so much for your listening here. I really appreciate it. If you know people who might enjoy this podcast, pass it along to them, make a comment, you know, hit the like button. See that just, you know, that, that has more people see it when we do that. We're uh, conspiring with the algorithms. (laughs) Uh, But the bottom line is I appreciate your being here. You're listening here. Thank you so much. And until next time and next poems or poem or quotes, please, please take good care of yourself. And if you can, 